Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Long weekend for you, man. Lots of work. Joe, yeah, listen, I got a lot of uh, uh, emails from folks. I always appreciate your feedback. That's why I put my email out there on the website. And a lot of you were wondering why I didn't tell you on Friday that I was going to be guest hosting for Sean Hannity on the Hannity Show on Fox. Uh, the reason is I didn't know. I, I only found out um, last minute right before the show, and I wanted to be sure I could make the flight to get up there from where I live in Florida. I didn't want to put out there that I was going to be guest hosting, and then uh, you got you all tune in uh, looking for me, and I wasn't there. So that was the reason. So my apologies. But, yeah, it's been a busy weekend. Flew up, guest hosted, flew back early Saturday morning, had a busy Sunday putting together this show. Uh, Joe, listen, um, what's the most powerful weapon in politics? Ridicule. <laughs> Ridicule, yeah. No, right? Isn't it? Isn't it? I mean, listen, ask, uh, as as Hugh Hewitt pointed out in a tweet, ask Dan Quayle, former vice wow. president, who uh, misspelled potato and never lived it down. The ridicule is overwhelming. Yeah. I want to get to that today in regards to the Green New Deal. I've got a lot to talk about on this. This is important stuff. So don't go anywhere. Today's show brought to you by buddies at WaxRx. You know how much I love my sponsors. I only use products and uh, products and services that I'll use myself or use on my family. WaxRx is not the sexiest product to talk about. But as I've told you, even I had to deal with earwax buildup now with these IFBs you have in your ear. And when I was a federal agent, you wore your pieces all the time. It's tough to hear with earwax buildup. Here's a customer review I had to share that we got about WaxRx. I used to have to go to the doctor twice a year to get rid of my stubborn, hardened earwax. With my rising cost of healthcare and thus double deductible, I'd have to spend $60 per visit, $120 a year to treat my ears. Now I can do it myself with WaxRx and a significant savings that doesn't require me to miss a half a day of work. Thank you, WaxRx. Right now, you can try the WaxRx system. Me and my family use it. It works like a charm. You'd be surprised what comes out of it. By typing in GoWaxRx.com. That's GoWaxRx.com. We also we love promo codes here, right? You'll get free shipping if you put in promo code Dan at checkout. That's promo code Dan, my first name at checkout for free shipping. Don't wait. You have no idea what you might be missing because of inner earwax. Who knows? It might just change your life. Go to GoWaxRx.com. The website is GoWaxRx.com. Offer code Dan. Yes. Okay. Ridicule, ladies and gentlemen. Um, as noted by the uh, dreadful Saul Alinsky, is the most powerful weapon in politics. It always has been. Ask anyone who's been on the receiving end of it. It is uh, brutal. Ridicule is a way to diminish your ideas and relegate you to conspiracy theory, uh, loony bin status. And there is no more discrediting component of politics than being ridiculed and being considered unserious. Uh, listen, it is damaging. As I said before, um, Dan Quayle found that out the hard way. Uh, George H.W. Bush's vice president with the potato uh, incident, as Hugh Hewitt tweeted out this weekend. Well, what are we finding out now, Joe? We covered pretty extensively the this Green New Deal. And um, I got I got a lot of positive emails, upwards of 90 to 95 percent, who appreciated me dismantling this thing piece by mm -hmm. piece because it's going to become the cornerstone of the Democrats' new agenda going forward. Yeah. You're like, oh, no, it's not. Really? Uh, did you see how many presidential candidates have signed on to this? Kirsten Gillibrand, Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, and others. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not a joke. You know, Friday's show was funny, uh, and we, we took a sarcastic approach to it, but it was bedrocked in facts and data. But we did it the way we did it for a reason, because it is time to ridicule this nonsense, to make it a laughing stock, 
and to make toxic anyone whose name is attached to this garbage piece of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, wishy, dreamy, otherworldly, nonsensical garbage. Now, in case you don't believe me that ridicule is the most powerful weapon in politics, there has been a significant amount of backtracking and lying about what's in the Green New Deal. Now, why would that be? Joe, if you were proud of your piece of legislation, like President Trump, a piece from a Washington Examiner we have up on the screen now, the mysterious case of Ocasio-Cortez scrubbed Green New Deal details, right? If you were proud of the details of your Green New Deal, why all the lying about it, right? Now, uh, quickly here. When President Trump and the Republicans passed this tax cut package, the details of it, they were very proud of it. They still run on it now. I'll get to that later in the show, some of the details of the tax cut package. But they're very proud of what it did. They're proud of the economic growth. They talk about it all the time. What are you seeing since Friday, since the mass ridicule of this absurdity of a legislative proposal, the Green New Deal? What are you seeing back? Don't believe me. I'm going yeah. <laughs> to play this cut this, of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, one of her advisors on the new Green New Deal, a professor who ironically, I read, this is, this is crazy. I did a, an appearance, we call them hits in the yeah. industry, an appearance on Tucker Carlson's show right before I guest hosted for Hannity on Friday night. And this professor in this cut walked in right, right after me and sat in the exact same pod I did. So I, I'm like, the guy had very a very unique look to him with big hair and everything. Yeah. So he appeared, and I didn't get to see his hit. But here, this is an advisor to the Green New Deal package. Basically, and nothing personal against the guy, but he's basically lying about what was in it. Play that cut. Why would we ever pay people who are, quote, unwilling to work? Uh, I we, we never would, right? And, and AOC has never said anything like that, right? I think you're referring to some sort of a document that some, I think some doctored document that somebody other than us has been circulating. Oh, I thought that came right from her. That was in the background or from her office is my understanding. No, no. She's actually tweeted it out to laugh at it. If you look at her latest tweets, it seems that apparently some Republicans have put it out there. Folks, this is a lie. Now, the professor has had a bad, I think his name is Hockett. And he was very nice to me. He literally sat in the seat I was sitting in and came in and replaced me. He said, oh, hey, how are you? I said, how are you? Nice to see you. I didn't know who he was. He has had a backtrack on that a bit, but that is not true. That is not a, uh, the, the unwith, do me a favor. Let me, let me read to you from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's website. And to do <laughs> you the favor to show you how far the left will go to avoid being ridiculed on paying people, quote, unwilling to work. That was in their Green New Deal FAQs. I have done you a favor, Joe. Uh, I want a hat tip. I, forgive me on Twitter. I, I, uh, is it Jerry Dunleavy? I'm not really sure who I got it from, so forgive me. I'm not, I always like to hat tip when appropriate. But they took a cached version of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's website, which I have included in the show notes today, for you to click on yourself. It's not a scam. It's not a scheme. It's not a fraud. It is her own congressional website, the FAQs, where this was up on her site. So the professor suggesting that we made this up and this was a right wing talking point that they were going to pay people unwilling to work is a lie. It is an outright lie. Let me read to you from her own website, the link, which is in the show notes today. And if you subscribe to my email list, I'll email you all these articles and links. Go look at it yourself, the cash version. Here we go. I'm reading from Alexandria Cortez's own website. 
Any large-scale transformation of society can create the risk of some people slipping through the cracks. That's why the Green New Deal also calls for an upgrade to basic economic securities enjoyed by all people in the U.S. to ensure everybody benefits from the newly newly created wealth. It guarantees to everyone, Joe, and it goes through a list of talking points. The last one from our website. It guarantees to everyone economic security to all who are unable or unwilling to work. There it is. (laughs) It's on my phone. There's the screenshot right there. There it is. The last bullet point. I sure you can't read that. I don't want Paula zooming in with the camera, but the link is in the show notes. Folks. I, I, listen, if we get something wrong on the show, we correct it. We've had to correct a couple things after five years of show. Sometimes you get it right. Sometimes you get it wrong. We try to avoid running with unverified stuff, which leads to some controversy for us. And that's fine. I would rather be, you know, right 999 out of a thousand times and catastrophically wrong, you know, twice a week. You lose your credibility that way. This is a, it's on our website. It was there. Now, they took it down, and they're suggesting it was some conspiracy, like this professor's on there. But understand this. This has been a disaster for the Democrats, this Green New Deal. Listen to me, Joseph. Yes, sir. Make no mistake. This has been highly damaging to the left. (laughs) And we all need to take a, a, a second and compound on this. This needs to be ridiculed. I'm sorry. Listen, I get it. I, I know a lot of us are people of faith. And we have a higher moral uh, standard. But there's no other way to talk about this other than the absurdity of, than it is. To get them to backtrack from the dangerous proposal this is. You're talking about the economic destruction of the United States. But this paying people to not work and this idea that they're going to try to phase out air travel in, in, for what? For, for Star Trek-like teletransporters? for back to the future, like uh, time machine devices for flux capacitors. This is in their FAQs that was on our website. None of this is in dispute. This professor who was on there is simply not telling the truth. Now, as I said, he's been backtracking a bit and admitting that it was out there, but this was her own people who put this out. Now, I want to talk about some other things about this uh, before we move on. We're going to spend about another five, 10 minutes on it, but it's important. You know, not to wax philosophical here, but Mansour Olson it, what, you know, wrote a book about, about how bad policies can gain a political constituency and can actually be good politics. Now, you may say, did you just say that right? Yes, I said it right. There are some bad policies that are collectively bad for the United States that gain a political constituency and can be actually good politics. And a lot of those policies, folks, are policies that have diffused costs but concentrated interests. In other words, let's look at something like an ethanol subsidy. Listen, subsidies within the tax, I don't want to single out ethanol in and of itself, but it's one a lot of people are familiar with. These are not generally good policies. They benefit a specific constituency at the expense of everybody else. But ethanol subsidies persist throughout our economy because Iowa's a caucus state, and there's a lot of people that rely on the ethanol industry and who vote and have powerful lobbies that can keep it going. I mean, think about it. The, 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 in other words, the interests, Joe, are very concentrated. It's concentrated in the ethanol industry, right, right? Right, right. But the costs of ethanol subsidies are very diffuse. Matter of fact, most Americans barely notice it. Maybe it's a couple of dimes more or, or you know, 50 cents more for gasoline than it would have been 
Um, but the, co- the costs are relatively diffuse throughout the economy. So it becomes good politics, but bad policy because the constituency matters. People in Iowa, some farm belt states who can vote. Listen, I'm just telling you the economics of subsidies, whether it be airline subsidies, tech subsidies, they, they, what they do is they distort our economy. But they can become, and again, I don't mean to single them out. The, you know, the teachers unions, I'm not mm-hmm. singling out teachers either. I'm just saying that can become good policy for the Democrats. Mm-hmm. Pandering to special interests in education that a lot of times deeply hurt our kids. Because why? Because these special interests in education will donate money to politicians that get reelected. Bad policy can be good politics because the costs are diffuse, but the intra diffuse and and the uh, diffused and the concent- and the interests are very concentrated. Now, um, this is not a political philosophy course today. I bring that up because the damage of the Green New Deal is going to be politically profound for the Democrats the more this thing gains traction. Because what, folks? The costs of this are not concentrated. I mean, ex- excuse me, the costs are, are the costs of this are high. They're everywhere. And the interests are not concentrated to one group. They're all over the place. It's the exact opposite. The interest, the people interested in this are diffuse and the costs are not concentrated. The costs are all over the place. In other words, Joe, you look at the Green New Deal, the threat to airlines, Mm -hmm. the airline industry, Mm -hmm. the threat to farmers from its uh, uh, threatened elimination, the, as we talked about with the uh, the cow death squads. Well, it's not really cow <laughs> death. We're being funny. But there's a, a threat that they were, they were saying how they, they have to get rid of methane emissions from you know cows with gas problems. The threat to farmers, the threat to airlines, the threat to pension funds, the threat to the energy and energy industry in general. The threat to the construction industry who couldn't even they wouldn't be able to find workers from the mass destruction of buildings. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the, the costs of this are not concentrated. They are diffused to so many different people that everybody is going to feel a significant impact. The costs are not small. The costs, the costs are monstrous. Uh, monstrous and the interest interests everyone. Almost everyone would be touched by this. You, you doubt me? Middle-class taxes, if you look at her Medicare for All proposal, would nearly double, if not triple in some cases. The costs are enormous. It is the opposite of what Olson said would be good political policy. This is bad policy, Joe, and it's bad politics. And the Democrats, who are a little more savvy, and listen, strike my tongue for saying this, but I was talking to a guy leaving church this weekend, Mm -hmm. and he was talking to me about Pelosi. I said, Joe... Pelosi looks like the reasonable one in this. <laughs> this is crazy. Nancy, Pel- right? Pelosi <laughs> calling it the green dream. Pel- Listen, Pelosi's a far left radical who has been a disaster for liberty, freedom, and everything else we mm. represent. But Nancy Pelosi is not stupid. Pelosi understands that the costs of this are so widespread and the interest in it is so not concentrated, but diffused across so many interest groups that this will be catastrophic for the Democrat party. That's why she keeps trying to play it down. This will be a disaster. All right. Big damage folks. I'm telling you big damage. All right. I want to talk about something else too. Matt Palumbo has a great piece up at her website. This pernicious rumor that's been circulating amongst left-wing media types, even our, uh, my, my wife this morning was listening to the radio said this even creeped up on the local radio station 
because because of basically pure, unadulterated economic ignorance. Mm. There's a rumor percolating out there uh, being propagated by left wing media that, ladies and gentlemen, your your taxes are somehow going up because your tax refund may be smaller this year due to the Trump tax cut. So let me lay out the gaslighting liberal effort to lie to you again, because this is so easy to debunk. It takes the mathematical competence of a four year old to figure it out. The left's new narrative is going to be your tax refund is smaller because the Trump tax cuts are hurting you. Under Ombudsman Joe, do you understand? Does that make <laughs> okay, sense? With you so far, brother. Pretty simple, yeah, right? Okay. You are being hurt by the Trump tax cuts because your <laughs> okay. refund is smaller. Ladies and gentlemen, if you think about this rationally, Matt Palumbo again has his piece up. It's in my show notes today. Please read it. It lines out the simple math here. Your taxes did not go up. Now, having said that, if you live in a high tax state, New Jersey, New York, California, because of the SALT limitation, Mm -hmm. now the limitation you have on paying state and local taxes, your tax bill may have gone up. It may have gone up simply because you live in a high-tax state, but it has nothing to do with the Trump tax cuts. It has everything to do with the fact that you just can't take out the taxes you're paying locally now. Mm. Putting Mm -hmm. that aside, people want you to believe, the left-wing media, that your taxes are going up because your refund is smaller across the country. That is not true. What happened here is very simple to figure out. The tax rates went down. The tax rates went down through all the quintiles. Well, they st- let me read them. To you. They stayed relatively st- uh, stable through the middle. I, you know what? I don't need to go through it. Just the, the 25% bracket stayed, but everyone else's taxes went down by percentage. So what happened? Mm-hmm. Joe, the, it's pretty simple. Your taxes had decreased so much as a percentage of your income that some employers simply didn't withhold enough. Uh So at the end of the year, you may owe a little bit more money, but the amount you paid in taxes through the course of the year to the government is less. It's not hard to figure out. If you were paying $200 a check, right? Mm -hmm. And then your taxes owed were, say, $180 Mm -hmm. a check. So $20 less, as Matt pointed out. But Matt Palumbo pointed out, but your employer only withheld 170. Do you understand mm-hmm. you still owed less per check, even if you owe a little bit at the end of the yeah. year? I mean, folks, this is not complicated no. math. Joe, you get where I'm going yeah, with this, yeah, right? Yeah. But but of course, because the left-wing media is married to gaslighting, fake fact-checking. And false bogus narratives to get you to hate Donald Trump. They want you to believe that the tax cut is the cause of your smaller refund. It is not. It is the fact that a number of employers, if you read the piece by Matt, a significantly higher percentage of employers withheld too little because the taxes dropped so much. So now at the end of the year, you may owe a little bit more or get a smaller refund, but it's not because you're paying more money to the government. You paid less. You paid less money to the government when calculated over your paychecks. This is not complicated, but it's very frustrating because the media is, they're just so committed to lying to you all the time that even basic math seems to evade them. It's it's just disappointing. All right. I want to get to some other stories too. Hey, Joe, um, this one may be um, close to your heart. Okie dokes. So New Jersey, speaking of the devastation done by state and local taxes in high tax states like New Jersey, New York, and California, Joe, yes. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't tell you this before the show. Um, New Jersey has a far left radical governor, a guy by the name of Phil Murphy. Let me ask you a question. You've been in Maryland a long time. Very few people know 
Maryland politics like Joe does. He worked at a radio station, dealt with a lot of politicians coming in and out. Joe, how successful of a legislative proposal for the Democrats was the uh, rain tax in Maryland? Was it a huge success? <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> the rain. <laughs> right, right. Joe's right. I was there. Now, I'm leaving. Joe's still up there. Ooh. I've been out of Maryland for quite a while now. But I remember when the rain, there was a rain tax passed by a liberal governor, Martin O'Malley, who was in his second term. Uh, the rain tax was a disaster. What was the rain tax? I'll tie, I'll tie this back to New Jersey in a second, but stand with me here. Mm-hmm. This is important. You're going to see this around the country in these liberal states, and you're all going to see them suffer the impact that Maryland did. So Maryland passes this rain tax, which was a tax on the impervious surfaces around your home or your business. Uh, they called it the rain right. tax because it was a way to measure the amount of stormwater runoff. The theory being that if you had a lot of parking lot asphalt or impervious surface, <laughs> the rain would not be absorbed into the concrete, at least not like it would on dirt. Right. And what would happen? It would run off from the parking lot, carrying pollutants into the Chesapeake Bay. Are everybody tracking? Yep. So what Maryland, the genius Democrats in Maryland decided to do was to use basically satellite photos and other methods to find out how flat your roofs were on your business mm-hmm. To how much parking lot you had, and you would be taxed on the amount of concrete, which was catastrophic for Maryland businesses. I was running for office when some of this was being talked about, and I went and visited a business owner in Anne Arundel County who told me his tax bill was going to be tens of thousands of dollars more, and he was going to have to lay off a worker. This thing was devastating. It was a political abomination, a cataclysmic event for the Democrats who the lieutenant governor, now keep in mind, the Democrat Governor O'Malley, who ran for president, got smoked, was term limited. His lieutenant governor, Anthony Brown, in a three-to-one Democrat-to-Republican state, ran on this rain tax thing on his, on his former boss, the governor's agenda, and in the upset of the, of the, of the decade, got smoked. By Larry Hogan, oh, Republican yeah. governor. He lost by like three points. The lieutenant, the Democrat did. Democrats got damaged significantly by the rain tax. That was the race we almost pulled off the upset in, too. Even, even though the congressman right. I was running against had nothing to do with the rain tax. It was state legislation. Phil Murphy is now the, uh, the liberal radical governor of New Jersey, is now looking at signing this thing into effect, the rain tax in New Jersey. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you right now, this is going to be devastating. It'll be devastating for you, your business. It is intrusive. It is a monster tax increase in a state that's already taxed at confiscatory levels. This will be a disaster for New Jersey Democrats all across the map. They are doing it to themselves, folks, whether it's infanticide, late-term abortion, the Green New Farce. The rain tax, the Democrat gun confiscation, the Democrats are all in on radicalism, folks, and it is not going to change. They think the anger at Trump is so significant and severe that it'll be enough to push people to the polls, despite the fact that they know they are voting in against their best interests. They are voting for the destruction of their local economies, their schools, their self-protection rights, everything. But they think the anger at Trump is enough to slip through this radical agenda. I don't think so, folks. I think they're going to have a real problem as this is exposed. So I have that article up in the show notes, too, uh, from the New York Post about Phil Murphy and this dreaded rain tax. It's a total, uh, complete disaster, folks. All right. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies, 
at Lending Club. Hey, for decades, credit cards have been telling us, buy now, pay later with interest. Despite your best intentions, that interest can get out of control fast. With Lending Club, you can consolidate your debt or pay off your credit cards with one fixed monthly payment. Since 2007, Lending Club has helped millions of people regain control of their finances with affordable fixed rate personal loans. No trips to a bank, no high interest credit cards. Just go to LendingClub.com, tell them about yourself, how much you want to borrow, pick the terms that are right for you, and if you're approved, your loan is automatically deposited into your bank account in as little as five days. Lending Club is the number one peer-to-peer lending platform with over $35 billion in loans issued. Very easy to use, too, folks. Go to LendingClub.com slash Dan. That's LendingClub.com slash Dan. Check your rate in minutes and borrow up to $40,000. That's LendingClub.com slash Dan. LendingClub.com slash Dan. All loans made by WebBank. Member FDIC equal housing lender. LendingClub.com slash Dan. Okie doke. Getting back to uh, the... So, uh, getting back to the show here. Maria Bartiromo show, you know I always speak very highly of her because her uh, her Sunday show, Sunday Futures, is just incredible. She's constantly breaking news and bringing on great guests. Um, and she didn't disappoint again this weekend where she had John Solomon on. John Solomon is a Hill reporter, as you know. I've been insisting for a long time. I know knows the whole knows the whole Spygate, Russiagate story and is dripping it out piece by piece. I think so it's digestible to the American people. And one of his appearances this weekend on Sunday Morning Futures with Maria Bartiromo, he he alluded to something that, and I'm not trying to take credit for John's stuff, uh, please don't take this the wrong way, but if you're a regular listener to the show, a lot of this may sound familiar. It's the only reason I bring it up. Um, John's starting to move in a direction that we have been on this show for a very long time, um, that the real Russian collusion conspiracy is the Democrats and the Clinton team and their collusion with Russia, and the whole purpose of the Mueller probe is to hide that and keep the attention on Donald Trump so the American people don't understand the depravity and the depths of the scandal the Democrats are really involved in. And Solomon has a piece in the Hill, which again is in the show notes. Uh, please read it, which lays out 12 points of collusion. I'm Some of them are obvious ones we've mentioned multiple times, but I'm going to mention a few of them, and the names are going to sound very familiar to some people. But first, before we get to that, I want to play this cut of John Solomon on Maria Bartiromo's show. And this should really ring a bell for some of my regular listeners here. It's very disturbing. Play that cut. Your piece also goes back to talk about the Skolkovo project. I remember this project because I was covering it as well back in the day, in the early 2000s, when Russia wanted to become the new Silicon Valley. And they were encouraging American companies to go and share information there. That's right. And, and, and And you say that Hillary Clinton was involved. She was. In fact, she was the driving force in the United States. She invited Medvedev to come to the United States and visit Silicon Valley. She arranged for several executives to go over and start sharing information with the Russians. What information were they great. sharing? You're saying this was a national security issue. I, it was, absolutely. And I think what we what ends up happening is a few years later, both the United States military and the FBI counterintelligence division raised warnings that this Skokovo was actually used by the Russians to bleed information of our best technology, our best military technology. So something that sounded good got Clinton Foundation donors involved. At the end of the day, it became a threat to national security, something very similar to what we heard in Uranium One. And so they, these are areas that the Republicans haven't fully investigated, but perhaps in 2019, they'll come to light. Oh, boy. Hip oh, boy. boy. 
Joe, do you remember what? Uh, I don't know. I always I, everything's six months ago. Yeah, you know, I I like if I did a show on Friday, I'm like, remember that show six months? Yeah. Everything's six months ago. I have a my sense that my chronological time meter inside my brain is uh, <laughs> is losing its track a little bit. But we did a show. I, I am guessing around maybe six, seven months ago, mm-hmm. where we had said it's all about Skolkovo, yeah. the Skolkovo project. What are the Democrats hiding? They're hiding a dangerous, collusive enterprise between Democrats, the Clintons, and a Russian Silicon Valley project that involved the theft of sensitive U.S. technology to build Russian weapons used to target the United States. Now, now Solomon's known this the whole time. He's dripping this out, and now he's hammering what really matters. The Russian collusion conspiracy is one that involves Democrats. He mentions two key things, Skolkovo and then Uranium One later. Folks, what is Skolkovo? Let's go back to this. This is critical. Joe and I have been hitting this for so long. Mm -hmm. It's like a broken record. I wish this would resonate with some lawmakers up on Capitol Hill. I know the good guys know about it, Meadows and Jordan and others who've been hammering this thing, Devin Nunes. But this needs to go mainstream. What happened with Skolkovo? The Skolkovo project was a Russian technology project. They wanted to emulate what happens in tech hubs like Silicon Valley and and elsewhere. So what Russia did is through an influence operation, they got prominent lawmakers to influence companies to go over to Russia, Skolkovo, and share their technology and what was going to be this new technology hub. Well, what happened, Joe? Well, while they were when they were a few months or a significant time period into this thing, mm-hmm. army intelligence, military intelligence, and others started to figure out that this was not, in fact, an entrepreneurial tech enterprise for capitalistic purposes by Russia. This was an effort to get U.S. companies to share dual-use technology that could be used in the development of weapons. One of them suspected an article I'd read in the Daily Caller a while ago with some solid reporting was the development by Russians of a hypersonic missile to defeat our missile defenses. Think about what I'm telling you. Let me distill this down to the key takeaways and not bury the lead here. The Russians tried to influence Democrat politicians to get technology companies to share technology with them that they were going to use to create weapons to attack us. It is no more difficult than that. That's what the Skolkovo project was. Now... What's fascinating about the Skolkovo project is follow the money. Victor Vexelberg, who Solomon writes about in the piece, was a Clinton Foundation donor. Vexelberg, who was closely tied to Putin and was a business associate of Deripaska, Oleg Deripaska, Mm -hmm. another player prominent in this whole scheme. He was a Clinton Foundation donor. In addition, folks, These companies that had gone over to Skolkovo, 10 of the 27 or so companies were significant donors to the Clinton Foundation themselves. Think about this. Companies that had been hoodwinked into going overseas by Democrat politicians and pushed into it, into this Russian tech project used to steal our technology to attack and potentially kill us with advanced weapons was being supported by who? Hillary Clinton was an open advocate for this, Joe. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> we do. You, yes. we, of course yeah. we know that. Me and you have been talking about this for six That's months. That's exactly it. Yeah. Sorry, I get a little passionate. Someone tweeted to me, why are you always yelling? Because I'm a passionate guy. That's why. <laughs> and I'm from Queens. Everybody yells in Queens. This isn't yelling in Queens. This is whispering. 
You go to Queens, you'll hear real yelling. <laughs> it's true. I've heard it. Well, everybody yells in Queens, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know you have. I know you have. Folks, Hillary Clinton was a big supporter of this project publicly. This She wasn't even quiet about it. Now, you want another tie here? It's going to bake your bagels? Yeah. Bill Clinton made a trip overseas to give a speech where he was paid $500,000 by a Russian financial institution, which was intimately involved with the Uranium One deal, where we sold our uranium supplies to a Russian-controlled company. So follow me here. Hillary supports Skolkovo. The Russians use Skolkovo to steal our military project. Bill goes over to Russia to give a speech. The speech is paid for by a Russian bank involved in the sale of the deal to sell our uranium to Russia so they can corner us on uranium supplies. Who does Bill Clinton and his team ask specific permission on the trip? The emails are out there, folks. This is not some kind of a conspiracy theory. You can look all this up yourself. Uh, check it out in Solomon's piece. He has all the information in there too. Read my book. It's all in there. Bill Clinton's team, Joe, sends an email that on that trip, they want to meet with who? Victor Vexelberg. The same guy running the Skolkovo project. That's a Clinton Foundation donor. The project that our own intel has indicated was used to steal sensitive technology to develop weapons the Russians want to use to attack us. Folks, do you see what they're hiding? This is all out there. The Clintons made public statements about Skolkovo, or Hillary, to be precise. Mm -hmm. This is not a, none of this is in dispute. The fact that the companies, the tech companies involved in Skolkovo were Clinton Foundation donors. The fact that Vexelberg was a Clinton Foundation donor. The fact that Bill Clinton wanted to meet with Vexelberg, who was running Skolkovo. None of this is in dispute. This isn't some David Duchovny, Gillian Anderson, X-Files tale. This is real. This happened. Do you see what they're covering up now? It's amazing how the left, whenever they want to run for us, that's a conspiracy theory. And then you send them the links of the public statements and they, they just ignore it like it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Folks, the destruction of the United States was always going to happen from within in the minds of our Russian enemies at the upper level of the Russian, you know, former Soviet uh, uh, allied government. I mean, what did Putin call the destruction of the Soviet Empire, the greatest catastrophe of this century? The way they knew to destroy the United States was within. They took advantage of the greed, power hungry nature of U.S. politicians like the Clinton machine and some Democrats. I'm not absolving Republicans. Some of them are corrupt, too. I'm not trying to give a blanket pass to some rhinos either. But this is an enormous Democrat scandal. The real Russian collusion is with the Clintons and the Democrats, Skolkovo and the Uranium One players in Russia. Now, even worse... The Uranium One deal, folks, we talked about this. The Uranium One deal where Bill Clinton accepts $500,000 for the foundation from Renaissance, a Russian bank intimately involved in the Uranium One deal. 
He accepts this $500,000 payment to go speak over there, asked to meet with Vexelberg right around the time, Joe, that what is going on? The Uranium One deal, where we're about to give our uranium supplies, a significant portion of them, to Russians who are also trying to steal military technology. The Uranium One deal needs approval from CFIUS, the Council on Foreign Investment in the United States. The CFIUS board has a number of members who have to sit on it, sit on the board and approve these deals. Eric Holder is one of those people. So is Hillary Clinton, the Secretary of State. Now, rather than recusing herself because her husband has just accepted a payment from a major financial player involved in the purchase of the Uranium One deal, Hillary Clinton, there's no objection at all to the deal. Right around the same time, her husband is me. I know Joe's holding his nose. Joe, he's holding his nose because it stinks to the heavens. The husband, Bill Clinton, is accepting $500,000 from a bank involved in a deal and requesting to meet with a Russian running a Skolkovo project on the same trip that's uh, stealing our military technology. She doesn't recuse herself. Neither does Eric Holder. Now, Joe, you may be asking as the audience on Budman, on Ombudsman, why am I bringing up Eric Holder? Exactly what I was thinking. Because I know you are, because I can see your face. Mm-hmm. Eric Holder, of course, is the attorney general at the time. And Eric Holder is intimately aware of a case they are working against, uh, basically the 10X case, led by no other than Rod Rosenstein out of the District of Maryland when he was the United States attorney. Former deputy attorney general, uh, Rod Rosenstein. Rod Rosenstein is leading, leading the 10X case. Why does any of this matter? Because they're running a pay-for-play case and a 10X case. 10X is a company connected to Rosatom, Mm -hmm. the player in the Uranium One case, that involves massive kickbacks, Joe, and an FBI informant who Eric Holder is unquestionably deeply aware of, who is telling the FBI prior to the approval of the Uranium One deal that the Russians are running a major influence operation in the United States to try to corner the market on nuclear fuel. And through that influence operation, they are trying to get a hold of our uranium. And even worse, the FBI informant paid by the FBI, this is a credible guy. He's cashed checks from the FBI, Joe. His name is Campbell. He also states in the piece that the Russians may be assisting the Iranians in building up their nuclear capabilities to attack us too. Let's put this all together. (laughs) The Russians are running a tech hub. The tech hub is going to be used to steal our military secrets. They're paying the Clinton Foundation massive amounts of money to Russian financial institutions to get them to come over and meet with people in the tech hub. While Hillary Clinton is about to vote or cast a vote on a Uranium One sale involving some of the same upper-level Russian players involved in a prior FBI case. The Uranium One sale, although they know from an FBI informant, the attorney general himself, who also sits on the board approving this deal, that the Russians may be trying to get a hand on our uranium to corner the market and additionally may be helping the Iranians build their nuclear capacity as well. And the Clintons do absolutely nothing about it. Oh, they did something, Joe. They cashed a $500,000 check from one of the financial institutions. But do you see how the collusion scandal is real? 
The collusion scandal here, ladies and gentlemen, is one with the Russians and the Democrats, not the Republicans. This is what they are hiding. Mm -hmm. Don't you find it awfully convenient as well that Mueller was creeping around with Vexelberg as well? But we've heard nothing about Vexelberg's connections to the Clintons, only about Vexelberg's alleged uh, uh, connections to Trump, which are minimal at best. Mueller's sole purpose is to save the reputation of the Department of Justice and keep the heat on Trump no matter what and cover up all of this corruption by the Democrats and their connections to the Russians. This is why they needed to trot out the movie script. The Glenn Simpson movie script. He'd been writing about the Russians and their influence operation in the United States forever. Why not write about the Democrats operation? Because the Democrats were paying Simpson. So he just changed the names to involve the Republicans. Unbelievable. All right, let me get to this. I I got there's some more here. Solomon's piece is terrific. Hey, today's show also brought to you by buddies at Robinhood. I have Robinhood. Super easy to use. It's an investing app. I have it up on my phone. Let's you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. Super easy to use. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees. So you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, folks. You don't have to be super wealthy and get started with just a few dollars. So you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. You can view easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections, such as the 100 most popular, which makes it very, very easy to use. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of the Dan Bongino Show a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at Bongino.Robinhood.com. That's Bongino.Robinhood.com. Bongino.Robinhood.com. Check it out today. Okay. Folks, making things worse, as if you could make things worse with this case. Sorry, I got papers everywhere. I'm always, sh- I'm always shuffling paper. Now that the show has gotten up. Seriously, Joe, I'm always, you ever hear pay, there's always papers shuffling in the bag. There's so much to get to. I don't want to forget stuff. More Russian collusion indicated in the Solomon piece in the Hill, which is very comprehensive, but it's very 30,000, 60,000 foot. So you can get the overall picture. Remember the lead. It is the Democrats that colluded with the Russians. Money exchange hands, Russians to the Clintons, information exchange hands, tech companies to the Russians. Uh, the Russians then use the tech to build weapons or, or propose weapons to attack us. This is very serious stuff. Another incidence of, uh, uh, of where, where very suspicious Russian connections uh, start to surface. One of the companies, Joe, lobbying for Rosatom, which is the, the, the company involved in the 10X Uranium One mm-hmm. deal, a Russian-controlled energy company, mm-hmm. right? One of the, the FBI informant in the Solomon piece indicates that APCO one of the lobbyists for Rosatom in the deal was also doing some pro bono in-kind work for who, Joe? The Clinton Foundation. (laughs) So let's get this straight. A company hired to lobby on behalf of some of the players involved in some of the deals we just discussed, Uranium One and others, is also doing in-kind work for Rosatom? 
and has some involvement with Jonathan Weiner from the State Department as well? Another Clinton guy? We don't find any of this confusing? (laughs) And I don't mean confusing in the fact that it's hard to follow. Lobbyists working for this Russian company is also providing in-kind work for the Clinton Foundation. Now, APCO is suggesting, to be clear and to be fair to them, they put out a statement saying that this work was never a conflict. They were completely separate operations. Fine. But that doesn't discount the fact that they were providing lobbying work for Rosatom while providing in-kind work for the Clinton Foundation. You know, if this kind of correlational evidence was brought up in the Trump case, Joe, it'd be brought up right now as evidence for impeachment, would it not? Of course it would. But of course, when it's the Democrats, oh, it's all circumstantial. Nobody has anything to worry about. Finally, another piece he brings up, which is critical. Christopher Steele, the British former spy whose name is on the dossier, who compiled the dossier used to spy on Donald Trump in the FISA court. Christopher Steele was working with an attorney working for Deripaska. This gets a little confusing, so follow me here a little bit, because this is, this is what's going to separate um, the, the men from the boys and the women from the girls. If you understand this particular part, this will make you a PhD-level player in the Spygate case, because it's these intricate web of connections. You know, I know it would be easy. Maybe I'll start doing little pie charts um, and stuff and little Venn diagrams and things like that. Yeah, pie charts probably would. Man, they would be good for the financial allocations of how much money they make. But to make this make more sense as, as time goes on, my wife is really good at that stuff. But this is where you need to follow me. A British spy working for Fusion GPS hired by Clinton to gin up information on Trump produces this dossier that attacks Donald Trump and is used to spy on him. That British spy is working with a lawyer named Adam Waldman Adam Waldman is also working with Oleg Deripaska, a Russian oligarch tycoon who was the former business partner of Vexelberg, the same guy running the Skolkovo project. They're both connected to Putin. In other words, Putin's hands are all over people tied to the Democrats, not to us. Joe, follow it from the top Mm -hmm, down, mm -hmm, okay? mm -hmm. Maybe it'll be easier. Putin. Sworn enemy of the United States, looking to deeply impact our policy and politics and destroy us from within, is closely connected to these two oligarchs, Oleg Deripaska and Vexelberg, who used to be business partners. They had a bit of a falling out, but they're still friends with Putin and they still know each other. Vexelberg goes on to run the Skolkovo project, which uses its influence to steal our military technology and he's a Clinton Foundation donor. His old partner, Deripaska, hires a lawyer who is also working with the guy who produced the fake dossier to attack Donald Trump. Folks, this was a beautiful influence operation. By beautiful, I mean horrendous. I mean elegant in its simplicity, damaging and horrific in its result. A simple, a a top-down effort by Putin and his intelligence apparatus to cause electoral chaos in the United States through a Russian disinformation and influence campaign that primarily hit the Democrats. The same players involved with Christopher Steele and others go back to Putin through Deripaska, through Vexelberg, and through other Russian players. Mm-hmm. Arkady Dvorkovich, others who Solomon mentions in the piece. 
The Russian collusion scandal, ladies and gentlemen, is a scandal and an enterprise involving connections with the Democrats. I can't go through all 12. I just mentioned four, and I'd like you to read the piece. But I want to mention one more, and I need to repeat this because we brought it up before. But this, I believe, will turn out eventually to be the most damaging piece of information of all. And can I mention one thing? Listen, I don't mention a lot of these third-rate conspiracy theory folks out there. A lot of people um, are going uh, going after me on Twitter. They're they're goons, and Joe knows who they are. The reason is one of them specifically works for the Russians. I mean, you don't believe me. Just read his own articles. He's he's working for the Russians in an effort, and I don't want to even mention his name because he's such a wacko that it's just insane, but he has a following of people who somehow believe this, this lunatic. But there's an effort out there, Joe, primarily being led by this guy who's being paid by the Russians mm-hmm. to make you believe that this isn't a Democrat conspiracy. This is all about this one guy uh, and, and Hermitage Capital and all this. Stuff. Listen, th- nobody in this is a saint, including the guy he talks about all the time. Mm-hmm. And I've actually had long conversations with other people about him. But don't buy into the nonsense conspiracy theory that this isn't about the Russians and the Democrats. This is about one guy who managed to overthrow the United States by himself. The guy is ridiculous promoting this. And some of you know what I'm talking about. I didn't mention the guy's name because he's that nuts. Um, and he does. He, it's funny. He has to ask people for money, although he's already admitted he's being paid by the Russians. I wonder why he has to ask people for money then. Don't be misled. This was an F. Keep the heat where it should be. The Obama administration, John Brennan, the Five Eyes players that didn't provide any help in this to us, Hillary Clinton, and the Russian companies that engaged in a massive disinformation campaign. All right, sorry for the sidebar, but it was important. I've been meaning to mention that. Finally, the biggest key of all that this was a Russian disinformation campaign in conjunction with the Democrats. The Trump Tower meeting with Don Jr., where the two Russians show up and allege to have information on Hillary Clinton, negative information, which they don't have. Granted, idea's a bad meeting. Uh, excuse me, the, the meeting's a bad idea. I got that backwards. Don Trump Jr. has already admitted that, has put out all the information about it, has been very open about it. This meeting up in Trump Tower with these two Russians, these two Russians are again connected to the Democrats. Solomon addresses this in his piece. The Russian lawyer that shows up, Natalia Veselnitskaya, is working for Fusion GPS, the company that hired Christopher Steele, who's also working with the Russian lawyer connected to Russian oligarchs. The connect, I'm telling you, the Venn diagram of connections, Putin, Russian oligarchs, <laughs> Russian lawyer, Don Jr. meeting. But you may say, oh, well, that connects Don Jr. No, the Russian lawyer's working for the Clinton team. And she doesn't bring any information about Hillary. She wants to talk about the Magnitsky Act and Russian adoption. The other Russian that shows up, Renat Akhmetshin, according to multiple reports, is connected deeply to Russian intelligence. Renat Akhmetshin conveniently meets with a bunch of people before and after connected to Russians and the Russian government who are doing work for the Russian government. Akhmetshin also admits that he knows the Clintons and he knows the Clinton staff. So again, you have a guy with suspected ties to Russian intelligence who shows up the Trump Tower who admits to being close to the Clinton staff and the Clintons. None of this is suspicious to any entrepreneurial media types out there. 
The real scandal here is the Democrats' connection to the Russians. It is not, in fact, the Republicans. All right, let me uh, tie this all together today. So, folks, we talked about in the beginning the damage this Green New Deal is doing. This is important. Keep the ridicule going. I'm sorry, but this is the only way. This is an utter absurdity. It'll bankrupt America, our farmers, pension funds, the airline industry, the energy industry, hospitals, uh, people on Medicare. You will all be done. Keep the ridicule going. This is a dangerous plan because it is not diffuse costs. The costs are widespread throughout the economy to everyone. And the interests are not, in fact, concentrated. The interests are, you're all going to be hurt by this. Second, we talked about the real collusion scandal. Please read the Solomon piece. It lays it out. I think John Solomon knows the whole story and is starting to tie this all together in one big final epic uh, battle scene at the end where he sh- this is all about Skolkovo and Russian influence in the United States with the Democrats. Skolkovo, Uranium One. This is important stuff. We just laid it out. Talked about the rain tax, the disaster this was in Maryland. You're going to see taxes on pavement. You are going to see this deeply impact liberal state politics. Not for the better. It was an apocalypse in Maryland where the heavily favored Democrat uh, candidate for governor lost in a route to the Republican and any savvy observer on the ground, Joe, me, and anyone else included who saw it knew the rain tax played a role in that. Finally, one last story. Folks, we're looking at a potential uh, government shutdown again on Friday. Uh, The Democrats are not going to give up here. Listen to me. They have forfeited any semblance of responsibility uh, to the American citizen anymore. Uh, The Democrats are in this for one thing. I had said on the five when I was guest hosting once, and it was, of course, always, they always do, misinterpreted by the imbeciles at Media Matters and elsewhere, that this was about a political win for Trump. But what I meant for that is Trump is not politicizing the shutdown of the government. What I was trying to say is the Democrats are looking to damage. This is a political thing for them. Joe, if this doesn't make sense, stop me. This is The Democrats are leading you to believe mm-hmm. that this is about immigration with yeah. them. Well, we're not putting up the wall because it don't work. And this is really about sane immigration policy. Yeah, right. And we're getting in the way of the crazy Donald Trump uh, and his crazy policies. We're trying to put a roadblock in between Trump and him damaging the United States. That's I did not mean Trump was playing. And again, it was poor. Forgive me because it was poorly. We're usually better than that. I don't like to poorly word things. But that's not what I meant, that Trump was playing politics with the shutdown. What I meant is, and I said Trump needed a political win because the Democrats have made this all about politics now. This is not about immigration, folks. This is about simply shutting down the government to damage President Trump. That's all this is about. They don't care about the impact on lines at TSA, on on government tax refund checks. The Democrats don't care at all. This is all about political damage to the president, which he must win at this point. He must win this immigration fight because it matters. Now, proving to you again that the Democrats don't give a hoot about immigration, IRS tax refund checks, or anything of the sort, they were finally making some headway on some kind of funding package to keep the government open after Friday, Joe. And what happens? Friday, uh, Saturday night, well, right before I get on Judge Janine's show on Fox, I find out and get wind of the fact that the Democrats have thrown another monkey wrench into the machinery and are now demanding in exchange for any wall funding that they decrease the number of detainment beds available for people who cross into the country illegally. Why would the Democrats do that? So you're going to detain lawbreakers who broke our laws, 
came into the country illegally and the Democrats want a fewer number of detainment beds available and detainment locations, a detainment facilities to hold these people. Why? Because it's not about immigration. The Democrats are trying to propose something they know Donald Trump won't agree to because he cares about enforcing immigration laws clearly. So what will happen, Joe? The government will shut down again and they'll try to blame it on Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, the Democrats don't care. This is a pure political play at this point. This was never about immigration. The Democrats have been offered political compromises in the past where people who were in the country illegally would be allowed to stay for some period of time but wouldn't be allowed to vote. And they've turned that down. This is not about immigration. It's about a pure power play and a political victory against Donald Trump. Now, the Democrats need to shut down on Friday. Why, Joe? You think the Democrats had a good week last week? <laughs> no. I think you, yes, even uh, Neanderthal caveman, Joe. By the way, some some guy emailed me, Joe, or he Facebook messaged me. He thinks I was, um, he's very, he loves you to death. He was really mad at me. Why? He Facebook messaged me. Stop insulting Joe. It's offensive to the audience. I tune out when you do it. To, to the gentleman, I appreciate your feedback. I genuinely, Joe and I are very good friends. Joe is a Joe plays characters. It's a it's Joe shtick. Joe was on was on terrestrial radio as a producer of a highly rated morning show for many years, where Joe had a bevy of characters. I'm not suggesting Joe is stupid. Neanderthal Joe is a car. It's a joke. So yeah. I'm very sorry to the gentleman who emailed me. I thought I was in Joe is my. I don't have many good friends. Believe me, I keep my circle small. It's a joke, Joe. Joe, he plays characters, but. Joe, Neanderthal Joe, <laughs> did the Democrats with their blackface scandal, mm. um, allegations of rape against Lieutenant mm. Governor and the Green New Farce, you think they had a good mm. week last week? <laughs> no good week. <laughs> <laughs> no good week. No good week. Even Neanderthal caveman Joe. <laughs> no, they had an awful week. <laughs> the Democrats are simply throwing the, gr, gr, a Joe, gr, Neanderthal Joe grunting away. <laughs> There's some, he, he reminds me of Tom Hanks and Kessler. Fire! <laughs> Look at what I have created! I have made fire! <laughs> this is, that, folks, this is a big scam. The Democrats, we need fire. They're, they understand it was a disastrous week. The party of identity politics, right? And supposedly we're in it for the little guy, is now knee deep in scandals of alleged rape, very serious charges. Photos of one of their governors, either in blackface or a Ku Klux Klan outfit. Ugh. Their attorney general in a Virginia state who's also admitted to blackface and it's, it's sordid history. Ugh. You have this Green New Deal where you attack, you're attacking Medicare places, hospital workers, the healthcare system, the airline industry, farting cows. The list goes on and on. They desperately need to change the conversation. And they need a government shutdown. American citizens, you know, be darned. They don't care. They need this shutdown. I'm telling you, they are not going to agree to anything reasonable. And if they do, it will be a miraculous, a miraculous play by Donald Trump. Because he is arguing against Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats who are going to shut down this government. I think no matter what. It's really pathetic. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate everything. Again, sorry about that, uh, not being able to notify you on Friday about Hannity, but it was very last minute. Sometimes things change quickly on the fly here. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes. It is free if you have iOS or an iPhone. 
If you have an Android or other device, you can follow the show on iHeartRadio. That is free, too. You can follow us on SoundCloud as well. It is the subscribes and the follows that drive us up the charts, help us move up the charts. We really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.